Welcome everyone, we're about to begin Be'ezus Hashem BPW number 30, that's Bias Panimi Shear for Women, Shear number 30. Uh, we mentioned, we started last week, last year, in that um, we're talking on the men's side about knowing and understanding and loving your wife the right way, and we're giving Shearim on the men's side regarding that, and we're going to have that counterpart Shear on this side about knowing and understanding and loving your husband. And the Yesaidas, the foundations of it, are very similar. It's a two-way street in many, many cases. Obviously, there are differences in regards to the particular nuances of it, and that's why we're going to emphasize it very much. But as Agdama, and I say this sometimes, that one should try to remember that um, it may seem one-sided when I'm talking here, because I'm dressing the women in this, 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 this particular group. When I talk about so much about honoring and loving husbands and giving them the benefit of the doubt and all of these things of how, what a wife can do for a husband, that it is a two-way street. And certainly on when I talk to the husbands, I'm talking about how they have to do the same for their wives. But keep that in mind when you're listening, that that is really what this is about. It's about working on the self-work in order to enhance your own individual um, personality and be the best you could possibly be as a person and as a woman and as a wife. So we started talking about that a real key in order to do this, in order to really connect in the most beautiful way, is number one is to remove from oneself the unrealistic high expectations of your husband, and number two is to develop uh, the training, the training of skills of caring and in communicating that all of us lack, generally speaking, that we don't have that training, um, you know, growing up. And I said this several times also that I really truly believe that even from ninth grade on earlier in certain sense uh, things but ninth grade onward there's so much that you could teach as part of a formal curriculum on shalom bias tikkun amidas and things like that um in high school and way before marriage years interpersonal relationships overall and also between a husband and wife that again has nothing to do with the physical intimate part which you're not going to address obviously that early on but so many concepts and them observing their parents' marriage and, and how to handle when that's not ideal. And all these things could be addressed in those years, in the high school years, and then in the base medrash slash seminary years. And then, of course, the chasen kala teaching, which got better, Baruch Hashem, over the years to improve it, perfect it, and to get it to, to a tremendous high level so that they're really adequately prepared. But then the third thing, which is so, so important, is that approximately two, three months after marriage, to get together again, a couple together, and have um, courses, a man f- teaching the women, the, the husbands teaching the men, or, or, you know, or, or a couple together, or two, two therapists together, addressing the both of them, enhancing and understanding now that they're married and they're involved already in a physical intimate relationship to um, learn 
those skills that may have been too hard to address when they were still Hassan and Kala, but now that they are actually married and they have a physical connection to really train them in a healthy way in those aspects. And I think that would save many, many marriages. But in case, but basically, so we started talking last uh, share about the differences between men and women in various aspects, the physical differences, the mental and emotional differences, and the fact that we're ignorant of it, and by educating ourselves on it could tremendously help their marriage. There's also a tremendous sexual difference between a husband and a wife, uh, a, a, a male and a female. A woman's sexual drive is generally related to her menstrual cycles, while a man's drive is pretty much constant. The hormone testosterone is a major factor in stimulating a man's sexual desire, and that's for the most part constant. It could be higher, it could be lower, but the bottom line is it's it's constant. So, in other words, a husband, a wife needs to be should, should try to be sensitive to this, that um, his drive is there full force, whether his wife is tar and available to him, and whether she's in the Nida period. The drive is pretty much in full force all the time, and, it, and, and, and that's his challenge. His challenge is, is to learn in the Nida period to uh, subdue that urge and to focus on other types of connections with his wife. A woman, generally speaking, is stimulated more by touch, by romantic words, She's generally far more attracted by a man's personality and his warmth and his empathy and so on and so forth, while generally a man is more stimulated by sight. They're very visual creatures, men. And this has nothing to do with how big of a tzaddik you are or not a tzaddik, how careful you are in Shmira Seinayim and watching your eyes on the street or not. It's part of the nature of man. That's why there's so many restrictions on men not looking at women more than the other way around, although we'll talk about at some point that it's an unhealthy thing also for women to look at men in sexual ways um, is also extremely unhealthy, other than your husband. But by men, certainly it's more emphasized because he is more stimulated by sight, and therefore uh, he needs to really be careful. And that's why he really needs to make a daughter, because he could become physically attracted to almost anyone, uh, and, and that's part of his visual being, is part of who, you know, biologically what he is, not making excuses for him. He has to learn how to control it. There's no question about it. But the fact that he has that, and he has that struggle, is something that is just a reality and needs compassion in understanding it, especially if they're working very hard towards managing it. And a man generally needs very little or no preparation to have physical intimacy, to have the sexual intercourse, while very often a woman needs time, sometimes a half hour, sometimes an hour, sometimes more, to emotionally prepare herself and to mentally prepare prepare herself for intimate relations. That's why if a husband is harsh or abusive, it could remove her sexual desire completely, her desire for sexual intimacy would, would like go away from, you know, pretty much for a long time. If a woman's emotions are trampled upon by her husband, she'll be repulsed by his advances. And this is something that I stress on the other side of the mechitza when I talk to the men, and that they have to be very careful in being sensitive emotionally and mentally towards their wives. And 
I, I understand from your side, from the women's side, that many have said that they feel used when they're forced to be involved in physical intimacy, when they feel this resentment, when their husbands are very harsh towards them. And some men are not aware that they're putting their wives through this. And therefore, we talk about it on the men's side for them to be more careful with that. But uh, on, the, on the women's side, also, there is sometimes a lack of sensitivity in understanding how difficult it is to cope with that physical drive that they have. I, I will tell you honestly, and I'm being very, very truthful for, to you. You have no idea how I heard this from many men who told me this. I'm talking about Erlich men, that one who be Erlich, and they tell me they wish they could just turn off a switch. They wish that, you know, especially when the, they can't be available, the wives can't be available to them anyway in the Nida period or certain times in the Torah period, that they would, they daven Tashem and they, and they just wish that they could just take away that urge from me. Take away that urge from me until the point where, where, where it is healthy that when I'm with my wife. But they can't. But they can't. And it's not healthy to. That's part of what also women need to realize, that the sexual drive of a male and of a man and of a husband is a healthy, healthy, good thing. The etzim drive is healthy. It shows you're alive. It shows you good. It shows you're healthy. It shows that it's just a healthy thing, not just physically, but on the emotional, mental aspect of it, the physical desires are healthy. That's why a, a wife needs to try to understand sometimes that when a husband expresses sexual interests towards his wife, they're not being one-track-minded. It may seem so because they're visually oriented and they're, they talk about it a lot or they really would be happy to have relations every single night if you, know, if you would want to and they'll be thrilled with that. And, and you may think from this that, oh, oh boy, his, his mind is in the sewer. His mind is not in the sewer. You find many, many, this is just a misunderstanding with, with many, many women that don't understand this. They are multifaceted. They learn when they're supposed to learn. They daven when they're supposed to daven. They work when they're supposed to work. All of that, that shows they're not one-track-minded. But the sexual drive is very strong, inherently. And it's not something that they put in themselves. It's something HaKadosh Baruch put into them. And it, it, it is to be dealt with sens- sensitivity. So these basic differences that I described here uh, surface generally pretty much right after the wedding creates conflicts in marriage. For example, a wife, a woman, generally has a greater intuitive awareness on how to develop a loving relationship because she's more sensitive to it. She's more considerate of his feelings, enthusiastic about developing a meaningful, multi-level relationship with him. And she knows how to build a relationship, yes, the sexual aspects, but also she wants to be his best friend, a fan of his, appreciating him, and, but a man naturally does not have those instincts that, that a woman has. A husband, even if he was brought up well and had a good environment, generally does not have her instinctual, his instinctual awareness of what a relationship is supposed to be. He needs to be taught and educated and learn those skills. He doesn't necessarily know how to encourage his wife or love his wife or treat her in the way that meets her deepest needs. And you can't hold that against him. You, could, you can't hold it against him if he's unaware, 
and if he's tr- but 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 again you can't ju- we can't just leave it that way and that's why the shiurim are given on the men's side to explain to them that while it's not instinctive and while it's not natural to them they need to really learn those skills try to be in the uh, shoes of their wives as much as possible similar to wives need, needing to be in the shoes of their husbands as much as possible to learn those skills to encourage and love his wife, even if it doesn't come natural to them at time, or to say warm words, or talk about trivial things that happen because it's important for his wife to hear them, even though it doesn't come naturally to him. So on one hand, a wife should try not to be resentful from the fact that it doesn't come as second nature to him because that's generally not the way he's wired. Not the, the way males in general are wired or your husband's wired, but at the same time, we tell them, you know, you have to work on going beyond that comfort zone. So he, that's why we talked about it before. That's why chinuch before the marriage of a husband goes on the wife's side too, but on the husband of pre-marriage from even the teenage years, like I said, I believe from ninth grade on, there's many aspects a husband can learn that would give him the seeds and preparation to actually actively become a better husband, and then chassan teacher teaching properly, and then after marriage, like three months later, and so on, to help him in the sensitivity when it comes to the sexual realm is extremely, extremely important. And our chinuch education system does not have that. We have degrees for plumbing, for electricity, for all these type of things. Nothing on marriage, even in the most um, best chinuch places, it's just very, very lacking, and it needs to be worked on. Uh, if their only education, or in, frankly, your only education is what you observed from your homes, your parents may have been wonderful people, but flawed in certain ways, and you think this is just the way it's supposed to be, and in reality, things need to change. And there's a sensitivity how to do that, and that's part of the chinuch, I believe, is important in the teenage years, where you respect and love your parents, give them the benefit of the doubt, realize they're doing the best they can, but when there's certain repetitive mistakes or errors or dysfunction there that the child sees that they could notice, and then with respect, they give them the benefit of the doubt and forgive them, but at the same time, they learn the skills to say, I'm going to undo that trend. We know very little about physical intimacy. I believe that's a mistake, because the bottom line is, is that uh, most men... Yeah, if they're good learners and they learn properly Gemara and Rashi and Chumash and Rashi, you get a very good education early on about physical intimacy. The Torah is open and blunt about it all over the place, in Gemara, in Halacha, in Chumash, in Tanakh, everywhere. So they know. They know if you're, if you're learned and you really learn what you're supposed to learn, you know. If you learn Shisha Sidre Mishnah, all six volumes of Mishnah, you go through Masech um, Nida as well, and, and, and you go a little deeper in the, in the Mishnayas, you know, uh, you have a good education a lot, even before, way before you get married. So you might as well learn it the right way. And it's not that men are more selfish than women. It's very important to understand this. They are not inherently more selfish. Husbands are not more selfish than, than, than wives. There are more selfish people, less selfish people anywhere, but, but it doesn't, it's not gender-based. But the bottom line is it is true that because they're not equipped naturally to, to, to express 
uh, you know, in a verbal way, in, a, in an emotional way, the relational aspects of it, they need training with this. Just like women need training in understanding men and so on and so forth. So that's one aspect that's very, very important is the differences, the sexual differences between a husband and wife and to, under, uh, and to understand that. There's also differences in intuition. Women have a better intuition on things. For example, just a typical story. You have a husband that's planning on investing $50,000 on a business opportunity. He, and he's not a fly-by-night guy. This is a person that's not... We're not talking about someone that just flagging and just jumps from business deal to business deal and reckless. We're talking about someone that is Oiske Cheshben. Study the subject from every angle. Logically deduced that this $50,000 investment is something he can't miss. He's about to sign the, the, che- the contract. He's about to deliver the check. But he's decided to tell his wife about it. He, she hears a few details. She becomes very uneasy about the deal. The husband senses her uneasiness, becomes angry at her. Why do you feel that way? And she couldn't give a logical reason because she didn't really have a logical reason why the deal shouldn't work. All she said was, it doesn't sit with me right. There's something off here. Now, But her husband, in good sense, gave in, went back to the other party, retracted it or asked for the refund or whatever it was, got out of his contract, and um, the guy told him, you're nuts, you're, you're losing a great opportunity. But a short time later, all the organizers and investors were indicted by the federal government. So his wife's intuition not only saved him from the $50,000, but may have kept him out of jail. We, that is women's intuition. It's something mystical. It's something that you generally do have, that you catch these subliminal messages faster and more accurately than men do. It's based on an unconscious mental process where you're not able to give specific explanations of how you feel. You just perceive something. That's why it says they recognize what their guest is like even more deeper than their men. That's the Bini Yaseira that you were Zaychet to, that you have more than men. Now, a big disclaimer on this, an exception to the rule is, is very often you have to question yourself with that Bini Yaseira and really, really go deep into your heart and, and realize when you have negias, when you have subjectivity that may skew your inner intuition. And so that's also very important. I'm talking in general, though. But in general, if you know your emotions are not getting mixed into it, you know that, for example, if you see a guest, you don't have any personal dislike to the guest. There's nothing like prejudiced about it but you just feel uneasy. Or in this case, we just said, you're not just bashing your husband for, for a business investing investment because you think he's not capable. That's not the motivation. If it is, then you have to question yourself when you're doubting him. But when it's not, you trust your husband. You know he has good business sense. So it's not that, but you still feel uneasy. Then it may be coming from a right, true place. But when you're always you know, condemning your husband and looking down at him and thinking that he's can't do anything right, then your intuition may not be the correct intuition when you think a business deal is not good because you're, because that could be a result of your disdain or distrust towards your husband's abilities. So even the Bini Sarah aspect, an intuition aspect, you need to really have an introspect, introspection in you to make sure that you have it in a clean, healthy way. But the truth be told, there's nothing, no question can't be denied that you have that special matana in you. So it's very important, again, this year that we discuss the sexual differences. 
And we had many shiurim in the main group, a little bit over here, and we're going to be myrich about not to, to respect the sexual differences from a man to a woman to a woman to, to a man, husband to wife, wife to husband, because it removes so much miscommunication. Where, 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 where a husband thinks that her, her, his wife is cold or uninterested because he's, she's uncaring, when in reality that's not true, and all he needs to do is to emotionally engage in her, that she also wants physical intimacy, but she needs the emotional connection and the intellectual connection to stimulate her with that, and then she'll be more than happy, and he misunderstands it. On the other hand, the wife also thinks that he's a one-track-minded animal, which is also false. So by understanding those differences, trying to relate to each other, connect with each other, finding a middle ground in the, in the physical, intimate, sexual realm, and creates a tremendous amount of healing and a tremendous amount of growth and enjoyment. You'll have tremendous, if you do this, then both men and women would have tremendous sipek nefesh, enjoyment, tremendous pleasure, Physical pleasure from the physical intimate aspects combined with emotional and mental pleasure, spiritual pleasure, which heightens the physical pleasure, actually. This is a mistake also people make. I'm just going to say it on the side now. It's not the subject of this shear, that people make this mistake that Kedusha, holiness, detract, detracts or brings physical, uh, physical pleasures lower. Now, there is aspects of Kedusha that you have to restrain yourself in certain areas where it could reduce physical pleasure. But in the physical, sexual realm, especially between a husband and a wife, the Kedusha aspect, if it's done the right way, when there's a focus one to, to the other, with that, with barring everything out, it not re- doesn't reduce physical pleasure and connectivity. It increases it. And the more it increases it, the more of a mitzvah it is. The more, if you do it right, that physical, sexual pleasure that they're both experiencing brings the Shechina more into the person's home, more into the bedroom, not less. That's also an important uh, aspect to understand because some people in their minds think that Kedusha automatically means a decrease in pleasure of normal, healthy pleasures, and that's why they just throw the whole thing, concept of Kedusha out the window sometimes. It's not a fear thing. It's not a correct assessment. There are different parts of Kedusha, like we explained. It's not the subject for now, but it's an important point to emphasize. Do not think that because you are enjoying the sexual, physical relationship more with your husband, and and you want it more, and you're enjoying that pleasure, and you look forward to it, the physical pleasure I'm talking, do not think that it means you're a lower person, or that your marriage is more superficial, or more, uh, you know, not deep enough. All this is not true as long as you have a healthy, balanced view on marriage overall and in all aspects of marriage. And what Kedusha really is, which is the focus just on your husband and a husband to wife in this physical realm, then the Kedusha the right way and Sineas the right way brings more physical sexual pleasure to the couple, not less. Bracha and